Hey, very good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Sean. This is Alex. And you're listening to another episode of Coaster Kings A through Z, our weekly mini sub series. This week's letter is P for Piton, located at the Efteling at the Netherlands. Cat's Eiffel. Cat's Eiffel. Over een lengte van bijna 750 meter raast een slangachtig treintje met 28 passagiers over de baan. Waarbij onder andere twee complete loopings worden gemaakt. De wervelende rit duurt ruim twee minuten, waarin de passagiers de wereld op zijn kop te zien krijgen. Python is designed and manufactured by Vacoma, you know, the Dutch manufacturer we love so dearly. Um, and it opened on April 12th of 1981 as the largest steel coaster in Europe. And when I say it was a big deal for the country, it was a big deal for the country. Yes. Like, it is a legend. Iconic. Piton is a legend. Which is why they went through the trouble of, of retracking it, of course. But we'll get to that later. Uh, Python, or Piton, as it is pronounced in Dutch, was the first thrill ride uh, that Efteling built after almost 30 years of um, the park focusing pretty much exclusively on walkthroughs, gardens, and gentle rides. Um, Efteling was, yeah, was not really famous for anything except for like their fairy tale forest and then they started yeah and being just kind of like a nature yeah what we call bundle park which is kind of like a park to just walk around in to enjoy fresh air um that's kind of what the park was really known for and pizza yeah. was was kind of a, a, a stretch in a different direction shift yeah but uh, it really did pay off for them uh Piton's double loop double corkscrew layout was based on the carolina cyclone layout from, you know, Carowinds, Carowinds. Uh, which was designed by Aerodynamics, uh, a company with whom Foucault had entered a partnership to broaden their international fulfillment and capacity. In other words, Aero had a hard time selling in the European market, especially due to like shipping costs and, um, you know, shipping overseas, obviously manufacturing on the west coast of the US, it was quite a distance. So they had more luck in Japan than they had in Europe. So to kind of get the ball rolling there, uh, Vacoma actually was allowed to use their track type and manufacture attractions, coasters, um, and then they will provide the trains. So the first rolling stock on Piton were um, di- aerodynamic trains. Yeah, the first of, of four rolling stocks. So four sets of rolling stocks. Four stock. sets of rolling yeah. stock, yeah. Uh, along with the Carolina Cyclone and the Orient Express at Worlds of Fun, Python held the global inversion record until the opening of Viper at Darien Lake in 1982 with five inversions. Um, and it broke the European uh, record for inversions, which it held um, with a growing number of four inversion coasters across the country until the opening of the seven inversion Gulturix at Park Asterix in 1989, also built by Bacoma and one of our favorite coasters. Now you may kind of wonder what the stats are on Piton. So Piton is 750 meters long, which equates to 2460 feet. Um, it's 29 meters tall, which is 95 feet tall. Reaches a top speed of 75 kilometers an hour, which is 46.6 miles an hour. And it rides original track and trains were designed by Aero, like we kind of mentioned already. Um, with Fakoma handling the rides overall design and construction. Since then, Since then they got they got the uh, Fakoma MK1200 rolling stock. Then they've got the Kumbach, which is also a Dutch company, mm, rolling trains. stock, which kind of came along the same time period of them designing the Vlieger de Hollander, which is also designed by Kumbach. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they switched over to the new MK1212 trains, you know, the lovely ones with Vespers trains that they currently still run, even after they completed the rebuild of the ride mm-hmm. um, earlier or like later in, yeah, in the last decade. A Belgian decade. company came in because Vacoma was booked up. They wanted Vacoma to come and retract the ride. Uh, or at least the majority of the ride to prolong the ride service life, but they were not available because we all know what a hot commodity Vacoma is. Um, and yeah, so the, that first generation, yeah, so there's 
they had the Aero Trains and then the Vacoma MK1200s, if you're not familiar. Those are the second generation of Vacoma built, Vacoma designed trains. You would find those, those got really popular in the 90s, like when Six Flags was dropping boomerang coasters everywhere. Like those are the trains that you would find. Like all of the late 90s, early 2000s Vacoma boomerangs had MK1200. I call them Beetlebug trains because the noses kind of remind me of like a Volkswagen Beetle. Um, but yeah, so they ran with those for a little bit. The Kumbach trains looked really cool. They had kind of like a... Yeah, they could also like be a, found in, on Sea Viper over at Gold Coast in Australia's SeaWorld. Well, not anymore. Well, they said they, they could... Oh, they were found they, around the same oh, time. Like, they could be found. They could have... Okay, got you, got Because you. there was only two yes. sets of them. <laughs> no, Sea Viper They did definitely look really, really cool. They looked yeah. really sleek. It's something you kind of think a manufacturer maybe released now. Because um, they really did look they very postmodern. Sure. Um, and then, of course, in 2018, it's when the Belgian company came in and, and replaced all the track. Now, what did happen is that it had to remove quite some landscaping. Because over the years, of course, since 1981, Piton kind of was built into yeah. a forest. Um, trees grew in quite They had to remove heavily. all of that. Yeah. So Piton was very exposed again in 2018. The track kind of looks like a, like a snake skeleton, some people yeah, kind of refer to like it. Yeah, it's like a spinal. It's definitely a different, really robust bulky track but it looks really clean it's so utterly smooth there's nothing like it that track bed is crazy. so unique it's smoother than and the so BNN. smooth and pleasant and yeah. i think it's one of the smoothest goes in the world right now it's so precisely manufactured and mm -hmm. they worked out some of the kinks so after the loop it used to be kind of like you go up a little bit and then you would dive into that turn it would kind of give you maybe a headbang and then you would go into the core screws and of course traditionally all eras and vacomas when you go into the core screws a little bit of a weird transition um where the track is kind of like sits sideways for a quick moment that was all worked out and it's um, it's just a lot more smooth of a layout now, despite of course it having the same elements. Mm -hmm. um, it used the same footers, which means the new supports are really wild. Um, yeah, it's almost like a premier did, kind yeah. of like spaghetti bowl yeah, situation. They did some really funny things with the supports uh, to accommodate the existing um, footer footprint. Um, but overall I do enjoy being able to see the ride now. It just, it has a much more of a presence, it's no longer quite as hidden. Mm -hmm. And from the ride station, for example, you get an awesome view now of uh, Fiedler Hollander off in the distance, Baron kind of sticking out uh, over the water, and of course, Joris and the Drag, mm -hmm. um, the, the triple the triple up, triple down, whatever you want to call that, the triple hills coming towards you. Mm -hmm. uh, you can all see that from the station now, so it's a little more involved in the area now, I think. Uh, yeah. Now I think it's a little more bare. It's such a pretty ride, like when you go through the treble to do that, and the, the track style is so. Uh, aesthetically pleasing and it has such a nice clean white paint job like you want to see it anyway like it's always kind of a pity to lose trees but first of all they'll grow back it's not kind of all the ride looks really nice and it, when you go through an investment like that that's a multi-million dollar investment it's like practically a new roller coaster um, one thing it's I, in your best interest for it to be visible totally one thing i still really appreciate about efteling and its park goers is, is the love for piton it's still one of those rides, it's so immensely popular. It's just mm -hmm. burned into the culture. Everyone's modern and at this point grandparents have ridden Piton and talk about it. And it's just one of those things where, like you can't go to the Efteling and not ride it. Yeah. You know, it's it's a household name, it's a conversation piece. The amount of kids I knew in, in throughout my school time that would just bring up Piton just like casually and like their parents would talk about it. It's just it's just a legend for Europe and especially for the Netherlands. It's one of those cult classics. And even when we were there, over the last couple of years, every time I wrote it, there was always these people talking about it, how they like it better than Baron. Uh, even though, of course, Baron is the big <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Really, Piton still stands, stands his ground, which is kind of rare. I don't think there's many classic loopers from that time period. 
where the general public is still so fascinated with it. And I think it's why, they, like you kind of mentioned, it's why they spend so much money on rebuilding it. And like the four rolling stocks, I mean, this is by far, for the size of a looper that it is, by far the coast interval that has had the most this money put into it. This ride is so fussed over with all the train changes and the track bed change and like Americans watching this happen are like, gosh, like why are they, they're so fussed over this kind of basic coaster, but it, you can't understand unless you, you live there and grew up with it. Like that ride is so, so revered, even though it's, you know, a pretty simple ride, it doesn't matter. But it's, again, I mean, there was eight years in which this was, and especially around the coastal war times, it's yeah. quite, Unique that for eight years long, this was Europe's biggest, baddest roller coaster, yeah. um, hidden in you know in, in Katzhoefel, yeah. and then finally Hudurix, which was obviously as we have actually mentioned in an earlier episode of the season, mm-hmm. kind of the precursor, the big the big move uh, to prevent Disney's success yeah, in, Disney's in, in a way to, 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 to launch Park Asterix uh, into the stratosphere, yeah. which then. Uh, indirectly, you know, killed Mirapolis, which had a really similar coaster. Yeah, it was based and, on know, Python. Which is based on Python. So, like, in <laughs> yeah. a way, Hudurix really was the next step up. Yeah. And for those eight years, um, you know, Python r- ruled Europe. And I think it's yeah. a beautiful story. Yeah, and it's, a, and it's still a great ride after 41 years. Absolutely amazing. And you have a tattooed on your ankle. And that's to my ankle because it's important. <laughs> it's an important coaster. It is part of your identity. It's part of my identity. Your Dutch heritage. And I figured if I have Viper, I might as well also get another snake. Yeah. Now I have two snake, snake tattoos, coasters. which are both coasters tattoos, so that's kind of fun. What a vibe. But that, that rounds up this episode. Don't forget to check out our YouTube channel. We now have a weekly video going live, vlogs, on rides, all that kind of good stuff. Of course, you have all of our episodes, Coaster Kings A through Z. We're now at P, so I guess we got a couple letters left. So make sure you tune in every Monday for that. And then we have our weekly episodes on Thursdays. And lots of content on thecoasterkings.com. Wherever you're listening, please leave us a review for Coaster Kings Radio. We can really use the exposure. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.